good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and variations thereof. Welcome to an extremely sleepy edition of the Selectives Lorecast, an Elder Scroll, a casual Elder Scrolls podcast. Um, today we're talking about Jim Jiminy, Jim Jiminy, Jim Jim. My name is Chris Nelson, otherwise known as Rotten Deadite. <laughs> With me today are Chris Franzen, otherwise known as Mojo. Cody Hagee, also known as Ordo Corvus. Sober Joe, also known as Jeroic. I've never seen Silver Me before. Have fun. <laughs> Justin, also known as Neradak and Borin on Reddit. Uh, okay, so um, this has been a long time coming, this this particular subject, because um, we've kind of had to build up to it. We've already, if you haven't watched the... Um, yeah, we have done one on like the the nature of dreams and that kind of stuff. Have we? No, we haven't, have we? Shit. No. no. <laughs> we might have alluded to it. Kind of. Uh, never anything more so than a big. I wanted to push back. Well, we did. We did. I know we did talk a little bit about the the, the dream like nature of the Arbus in the uh, episode where we did the Arbus or the wheel. Um, yeah. Yeah. Then the, the episode where we did the wheel, we talked a lot about it there. Um, so you're gonna want to you're gonna want to take a look at that. I, I know that also in that episode of the wheel, I, I'm pretty sure I mentioned the concept of subgradiency, but I didn't really get into it too much. Although that reminds me. Mm. Um, I found something fun. What did I find? Where did I put it? Um, not the porn. The other stuff. No, I'm I'm looking at that too. Okay. Um. So okay. So real. I'm gonna get build this out really fast because it's cool. Um. So you know the one of the things that we mention a lot in Elder Scrolls lore is quantum mechanics and the idea of 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 everything existing not as a yes or a no but as like the possibilities of you know lots of percentages lots of different things could happen. Elder Scrolls themselves are a little bit like you know have a little bit of a quantum nature to them where you know you can go count them and turn around and count them and there's going to be a different. Um, and then, uh, uh, we've talked a lot about, uh, subgradiency where you, you use Fourier transforms to pull, um, the, the sub signal out of a master signal, sort of like separating one note out of a chord that you play on a guitar. Um, Fourier transforms are very important to the Elder Scrolls, uh, uh, to, to the mathematics parts of Elder Scrolls lore because of that. Um, so I thought you guys might be interested in quantum Fourier transforms which are used on quantum computers that use quantum superpositions instead of bits. So instead of it being like a binary value of like ones and zeros, a quantum computer would use probabilities. So they don't really deliver you exact answers, but they can give you a solution with a known probability of like, well, you know, one plus one is probably 80, 90% of the time going to be two. Um, Fourier transforms are used in quantum super are used during quantum superpositions to help se separate out the separate out the um, the separate possibilities. So, wouldn't you love to know what algorithm you use in quantum Fourier transforms? It's called Shor's algorithm. Well, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Uh, I love that. Um, I know. <laughs> Math nerds. Woo! Okay. Um, yeah, there was like a lot of words in there. That yeah. Know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fail math. Um, uh, is, well, if one person got that joke, then then terrific. But yeah, it's a real thing. Short algorithm. Um, I read the Wikipedia page on it. Didn't understand a fucking thing. Um, so let's talk about Jim. A lot of. I'm going to start basic. 
I think we should start basic. In case you are not a super thick lore beard and somebody gave you this video because you were like, what the hell is Chim? And they said, watch this. <laughs> First off, they've given you a really terrible source. You should really be going somewhere else. Um, but, uh, uh, Chim is a, a thing mentioned in the 36 lessons and a couple other obscure places in Elder Scrolls lore that is uh, probably easiest. To, it's probably easiest to explain it as it's a little bit like the Buddhist concept of enlightenment. And if that doesn't help you any, it's a little bit like when Neo learns about the true nature of the Matrix and he can control <laughs> the Matrix and stuff. It's a little bit like that. And if that doesn't help you any, Actually, it's like there, having console code access on the computer game and you can type in cheat codes. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, but Jim is, is as far as I can make out, it's actually like saying that it's close to the Buddhist concept of enlightenment is actually kind of doing it a disservice. It's actually really pretty specific to Elder Scrolls lore. Um, it, there's really nothing else like it as far as uh, 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 as far as uh, real life sources go. Uh, although it, it, the fact that it has a lot to do with what's called the Sigic Endeavor, the Sigic Endeavor, by the way, is the endeavor to achieve Chim. Uh, is not a coincidence because I think you might remember from the last from uh, last week's episode or maybe it was one before that we mentioned that the Sigic Endeavor was basically sort of Kirkbride's attempt to try to like put a corner a little like mark on the idea of psychic powers to keep someone else from just dragging psychic powers out of Dungeons and Dragons and sticking it into Elder Scrolls lore. So he came up with the idea of the Sigic Endeavor and um, Chim by definition is a lot like. It has a lot to do with what we typically think of as psionic power. Um, so I'm going to get into that. Uh, oh, and 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 um, I, I should mention that uh, it, it, uh, several several people often frequently ask in forums what the uh, like once you achieve Chim, does it give you superpowers? And the answer is kind of, um, but. It, 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 but about that, in order to attain Shim, you have to be pretty freaking powerful to begin with. So chances are pretty good that you've already got really amazing stuff at your fingertips, abilities and stuff at your fingertips to begin with. Um, but uh, but it is a state of awareness. You, you, you achieve Chim in the same respect that you uh, would like, say, achieve. 220 beats per minute with your heart with your heart rate or something, you know, or like you achieve uh, 102 degrees Fahrenheit temperature or something, you know, you, um, you reach that point, but then you have to maintain that state of awareness in order to utilize it. And maintaining that state is incredibly difficult. Uh, 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 people ask, like to ask questions of who in the elder scrolls universe has attained Chim and aside from Randall, uh, -huh. Or um, Thor, uh, 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 Talos, uh, and and probably Vivek. Uh, that's it, right? Yeah. yeah. Right. I know, yeah. So. Um, going into Africa. Apocalypse. Yeah. Well, I did already mention. Uh, and so at this point, let's see. Um, so that, let's let let me just sort of belt out. I'm trying to think of the easiest way to explain what Chim is, and I'm not having a whole lot of luck, so I'm just going to go, yeah, go, go, go. So the way that it was explained to me was it's essentially the realization of the dream state and that you sort of don't exist, but then having the strength of mind and the presence of self 
to continue existing. And then basically, it's kind of continuing with the it's like X, but not. So it's like Nirvana, but not. It's like The Matrix, but not. It's like lucid dreaming somebody else's dream, only not exactly because it's God. And yeah. You're, and, that's pretty and, much how I got it. I think there's a yeah, point where just holds the risk of stomach, though. Yeah, that's if you yeah. don't have the presence of self to continue yeah. existing when you realize right. uh, that you don't exist. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say the way the way I kind of uh, explained it when I did Under Queen, I went in and it's it's being part of everything and knowing that everything is part of you. And so in a sense, you lose your individuality yet choose to maintain it through force of will. Mm-hmm. It's it's maintaining so, your individuality in spite of knowing that you are just a part of the dream. So I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and explain it in in uh, in 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 terms closer to psychic terminology. So uh, if you can imagine reaching a state where you are entirely in possession of the mind of everyone in the universe, everyone in the world simultaneously, where Mm -hmm. you understand their hopes and their dreams and their fears and their goals and their history and their future and everything from beginning to end of all of time simultaneously. You comprehend all this stuff as though it was your own. You can think of that as a little bit like the the, the, the conversation that we often reference when it comes to zero summing with the Godhead, where the God says, Godhead says, you are part of me. This is a little bit, this is very similar. What's happening is that the person on top of the tower is seeing all of the Godhead, which is to say everyone, because God is everywhere, and loses, the, there's a threat of losing your self-identity at that point. Mm-hmm. And that's when you uh, risk becoming lost in this gigantic sea of of uh, of of souls, and that's sort of like what zero sum is. It's failing to maintain your sense of individuality and becoming uh, drowned out by um, reality in its truest form. I so. Think- yeah, when I say it's a lot like Cerebro, I'm not kidding. <laughs> it's like we're something right out of the X-Men. Go ahead, Chris. Uh, you know, there's something to be said um, with the risk of zero-sum um, with not even at the initial um, achievement of Chim itself, um, but maintaining it. You have to, you know, you, you mentioned that you're, you're connected to all, you know, every soul and and the mental anguish that must come with that um that constant struggle of keeping yourself separate um keeping some sense of sense of individuality um Mm -hmm. and and on top of that you know when people say this can you do anything in the dream you know does it give you you know god mode powers and um you know there is from from the sermons um sermon 11 which is the the number 11 is a uh, numeral, numerologically a very important number, especially when discussing Chim, ruling kings, etc. Um, 
It's the second paragraph in Sermon 11. The waking world is the amnesia of dream. All motifs can be mortally wounded. Once slain, themes turn into the structure of future nostalgia. Do not abuse your powers or they will lead you astray. They will leave you like rebellious daughters. They will lose their virtue. They will become lost and resentful and finally become pregnant with the seed of folly. Soon you will be the grandparent of a broken state. You will be mocked. It will fall apart like a stone that recalls that it, it is really water. And I think that is very important. Uh, if you imagine the sea of souls that you are connected to as an ocean, an ocean of souls, and you are a stone, you are an individual within that ocean. And the constant struggle of chin and maintaining it, you lose that sense of self, you no longer be that stone. And you realize that you realize again, that you are only water and that will be like the zero sum, you know? So I think it's important to keep in mind that Chim is not an end all solution to do whatever you want in, in the Arvis. It's, it still remains as more of a state of enlightenment at, more than a useful tool of like conquest. You know, people ask, well, if Vivek had Chim, why didn't he just Chim dig out Thoroughway? Or, right. um, yeah. you know, anything like that. There's this constant struggle. Um, and it is not this just God mode on and you're wrecking shit. Yeah. And it's, uh, I'm, I'm really glad you answered that because that's a question that people ask all the damn time. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, that's a really great way to put it. You, um, yeah, the, the, the act of attaining Shem is in and of itself a risk. And even once you've attained it, even once you're in that state, there's another state beyond that, that, um, that is even riskier, which is the state where you take on the responsibility of holding all those dreams, all those minds together, where you, um, uh, where you become the, all uniting force, which in and of itself, in a way, mystically speaking, means that you become nothing. Um, and that's theoretically what a little bit like what the state of Amaranth did, of becoming a state of, um, of, uh, of, of, of becoming a, 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 an empty vessel, a container, <clears throat> which is, a. Uh, um, I guess a term that's probably really important if you're reading late into the 36 lessons. Mm-hmm. Um, so the psychic endeavor, as I mentioned before, is the quest to find Chim to transcend mortal boundaries, which is another way of saying to push past the mortal death subgradient, the la- theoretically the last subgradient in the uh, hierarchy. Um, and that brings me to really quick when I was talking about the, uh, the envisioning the minds of everyone in Mundus. Um, if you read the love letter and you're wondering what the state gradient echo of Mundus Centrex is, that's what that is. It's the provisional house in 36 lessons is the way it's described. Um, mm-hmm. And as Perk Bright explained to us in an IRC chat, it was very revealing. The, um, the sermon... 19. Uh, 19, thank you, uh, is the one where Vivek builds the provisional house, steps into it, and then realizes what the next step is, and he can't reach it. 
which is important because when, once you, because standing in the provisional house, uh, in his partition that he's created. Oh, hey. Um, when, uh, Corey, Corey, say hello. Because <laughs> we're already casting. I think he's still patching in. Oh uh, yeah. Okay. Um. Oh well. So uh, once you've uh, once you've reached that state of chim and you, uh, uh, Vivek describes the provisional house as as though it's telling him that he is safe, but he doesn't feel safe, and that's the that's sort of like the trick to um, to becoming uh, uh, to to becoming uh, uh, amaranth is to reach this state of almost death, of near zero sum, of almost being completely obliterated in the face of <clears throat> of everything, and then relaxing and feeling safe as though you are, you know, cradled in your own house. Somehow you have to do that. Um, which is why Vivek can't do it, because can you seriously think about anybody who's less secure than... Well, yeah. Um... When did Vivek achieve Chim? I couldn't tell you. Uh, I, I strongly, sus I strongly suspect it's when he wrote the thirty-six lessons. Was in a state of Chim, but I don't really have anything hardcore to back that up. It's just something in the back of my head. Yeah, it's just somewhere along the line he does have it. Clearly, but I think it got Certainly mentioned. I don't know if it was the one that I wasn't on or the other one, but it it got mentioned that there were a couple of points it might have been. Like how, like in Sermon 14 is the first appearance of the right. word itself. Well, yeah, but when things, he mentions, when he speaks like, specifically about the provisional house, I think that's probably a safe bet that in at that point is when he's definitely in that state. Yeah, he has it at that, it, but whether that's like when he was first getting it and then he just goes in or... Yeah. Possible. It's certainly, it's certainly, it fits in the, in the, uh, in, in a logical order that in Sermon 14, he learns about it from, from Molag Baal somehow. I still haven't quite figured that one out yet. And then, um, and then, uh, achieves it in Sermon 19. That seems like a, a reasonable statement. Hmm. Corey's still getting his microphone working, apparently. Yeah. I'm here. Uh, oh, sure. there you are. Okay. Say hello. Hello. Um, so, uh, we, we kind of just whipped through everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I, mean, I, could argue, I could argue that last point further. If you do the, yeah, the eight monsters as, mm -hmm. if you, if you view the eight monsters as Vivek's own laws kind of externalized, mm -hmm. then do you feel like he would have had to have kind of expunged those flaws before he would have gotten you or no actually am I, I can just tell like you I just that, looked at uh, immediately after that sermon 20 well, well if you t like he he builds the provisional house almost in order to find his um children he certainly utilizes yeah. it to find the, find his children i would argue that he chim he he attains chim in order to find his children in the in you know in mundus um again a lot like cerebro uh but uh yeah <laughs> and um but uh, I, I would say that um, uh, uh, I, I would definitely say that his children are not necess necessary for him to uh, attain Chim. I would also argue that they are probably not necessary for him to attain um, Amaranth because he, even though he killed his children, including the mightiest of his children, he still didn't attain Amaranth until mm -hmm. uh, three eras later. So, yeah. 
Um, uh, his children definitely seem to be some like like exterminating them did seem to have a goal. But uh, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm only assuming I'm, I, I haven't finished my commentaries in all 36 lessons yet. So I'm just going to state without a whole lot of, you know, self-assurance that it's uh, it was in order to, you know, sort of cement his godhood, so to speak. You know, there there is some I think there's an argument for the children being, you know, negative aspects of himself that he wanted to expunge before attaining Shem. Mm-hmm. Um, only uh, in Sermon 18, uh, right before 19, where he builds the provisional house, um, it says the warrior poet decided he had to begin his book of hours at that point because the world was about to bend with its age. Um you know, the book of hours, you know, I've always kind of taken as the lessons. Yeah, um, yeah me too. <laughs> you know, uh, especially its number being 36, the hours, uh, you know, that's just what I've always assumed. And, um, you know, if that was him, you know, it's often been theorized that the sermons were a, devi- a device that Vivek used to kind of rewrite history. Um, I'm, I've, I'm more in the camp that maybe it made para like a, the branching multiverse theory. Um, sure. yeah. mm-hmm. uh, that's not really important. I'm not sure why I'm talking about that. <laughs> um, no, that's kind of relevant. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. I, I suppose, you know, that could maybe be a, a, an external sign of his attaining chin. Um, but if those, eight children were in fact, you know, negative aspects. He felt he needed to kill off. Um, perhaps I'm trying, I'm, I'm trying to word this right. Okay. You know, like, all right, true. Well, um, rotten, you've, you've written about it. Um, you know, you're, you're removing desire from will. Uh, and, it, I think that's thematically we can take it, at least in one interpretation that 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 is him doing that in anticipation of achieving Chim. Because then right after in the next sermon, he builds a provisional house, which I always like to think is like a sky deck on a skyscraper in the middle of the nowhere where he can <laughs> better, better view, you know, the the, the mythical Arbus, you know, the there with a bunch of fucking tower. two by fours and. <laughs> like wearing flannel and shit, you know. <laughs> got, got some gold in his cheek, you know. Gonna go out and build a fucking deck. <laughs> <laughs> the provisional uh, yeah, deck. Yeah, gonna get her done. I want. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, that's sure. Um, <laughs> you know, but he builds a provisional house, which I like to think is his platform of viewing, you know, the tower and Chim. Um, and then from there, not only does he, you know, he, he sees the monsters that he has to kill as well as he sees Talos, uh, coming. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, Oh shit. You know, and it looked like, you know, at the end, if we take that as a failed Amaranth attempt, he goes, well, fuck that. I'm still going to make good on Chim. Right. On my own, on my own state of divinity. Yes. 
And then he proceeds after that to start killing his uh, his monster oh. children. Although you could say, all right, let me suggest this: that at that point he, like, on at the end of Sermon eighteen, um, the last line technically, technically, to the sermon is: in this the world and others, eighteen minus one, the victor is the magical disc hurled to reach heaven by violence. Mm-hmm. And we know that the magical disc hurled to reach heaven by violence is. The hurling desk, uh, yeah, which is break. Um, keep going. Uh, I don't know. Throw me a bone here. What are we going? I, I don't. I don't exactly have an answer. That's what I'm asking. Uh, <laughs> um, this is one of those. This is one of those dickish things I do to make myself look gods. like everything. <laughs> something, something, space guy. Magda G. Yeah. Oh, Nimoli. Wow. Yes, there yeah, you go. I forgot about that. Yeah, Namoli. Yeah, that's a big. Uh, that's a big All fucking right. deal about that. Yeah, <laughs> that, only, that only show up. That only show up during Dragon Breaks, where yes. time, where there's uh, in states of untime, and the the Namoli are deal with a lot of Namolic magic, which is magic memory, yes. and uh, what before you get Amaranth. Say that again. I couldn't hear you. What had to leave before we got Amaranth? Memory. Memory did. Yeah. Okay. So that's as far as I've gotten. There, that's not an answer. I don't want to make that sound like I just I just solved something. We I'm got the beginning primordial uses yeah, of an answer. The, the basics, like I like, I'm thinking that the whole thing is really going to click any minute now, but it hasn't yet on that. But um, but I think what's ha- what happens at the end of it, Sermon 18, this is the only actual answer I'm actually going to get to here on the subject. I think at the end of Sermon 18 is that Vivek. Having had his little thing with A.M., where A.M. says, you know, you are the magical hermaphrodite, the martial acts, and the sex, death, language, and eke, and all the middle world. She's basically saying, you are, you have a destiny. There's a plan for you. You've had all this stuff happen to you, and everything has been, your entire path has been laid out in order for you to achieve a goal. And, and then it says, Vivek, then knew then why he would record his book of hours. At that point, he understands what it is that he has to do. And as we know, his ultimate goal is to be the, you know, the, is to be womb ready for the Amaranth in, uh, in, in the fifth era. And that's, I think that's when he realizes that he has to, that his, his responsibility is to create the amaranth. So what he does is he goes and builds a provisional house thinking I'm going to amaranth. I'm totally going to chim all over the place and I'm going to amaranth. And instead he finds out that he can't do it. And when he discovers that he can't do it, the first thing when he discovers he's still afraid, the first thing he does is he goes out and kills his first son. <laughs> and I I think that that's what the, the what's going on in Vivek's head at this point is, and I'm sorry for not using. I just realized I've been I've not been using general neutral language for this whole time. Sorry about that. Um, I think what Vivek realizes at that point is I'm I can't I can't achieve Amaranth in this state that I'm in. So I have to go out and murder all the bad you know evil parts of myself and purify myself in a way, you know, cut away all the all the the, the weeds in my garden. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Open it up so big. Um, 
and uh, <laughs> and um, uh, and then and, and 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 trim all the all the extra stuff away so that um, you know so that uh, Vivek will be ready uh, to uh, and and probably probably but you could argue that the thirty six lessons telling of Vivek is that so he thought that at the end when Z kills. Uh, 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 the mightiest of her children. In other words, you know, Nerebar, that that would be the final step to achieve, to becoming ready to achieve Amaranth, which must have been real fucking disappointing. Very anticlimactic. Yeah. <laughs> well. Um, <laughs> but hey, what you gonna do? That's This ain't a popularity contest, Vivek. Yeah, and I mean... I think throughout her life, we see occurrences of Vivek doing, uh, you know, not necessarily the most savory <laughs> things. Yeah. But they're all yeah. the things that had to be done. Maybe whether, not in the way that Z decided to do them, but yeah. Whether that's killing Narivar or, or Red Ear or what have you. Or sexually assaulting Barfok or any of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Or Azura. Or or Talos. <laughs> I mean Izmir for that matter. Yeah. yeah. Um Yeah. Um and but that's you know, do not ask do not ask her to, you know, betray her nature. And you know, there you go. <laughs> that's just Vivek for you. If anything, by the end of the thirty six lessons, the Vivek that we apparently have is the closest to a divine and perfect being as you can get. And I would say that the 36 lessons Vivek, especially at the beginning versus the one that you meet in Morrowind seem like almost two totally different people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's, yeah. I don't think that's a coincidence. I think you might be able to argue that the one, the Vivek and Morrowind is the evolved version of Vivek, you know, yeah, you know, uh, it, it seems like in the lotus position all day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um, so, um, any other questions that people get a lot about Jim? Whose head is it anyway? Like, this is kind of an amaranth thing, or like it's related to it. Like, is it? Like, I don't remember why, but I think in one of the last couple episodes, the question came up whether it was or whether it's Anu's dream when you shim that you're kind of stepping into and I guess yeah. like finger quotes lucid dreaming at. Right. And I would say Anu's dream because he's the most recent like iteration of the dream to begin with. So I don't know. Do we want to talk about that a bit? I, I, I can actually probably put a nail on that one. I don't think it matters when, okay. when you. When you reach Chim, uh, you kind of see everything. You understand everything, and the the division between Anu and the God and Padme and the Godhead is largely inconsequential at that point. It's you know that's one of the reasons why it's so ferociously frightening is that you blow right past whatever layers you've got and you see the whole the whole bit, the big magical onion. <laughs> I, I, I think oh, the fucking I, onion. I agree with all of this. I just want to add that I think it would be even that much more difficult to even try to reach outside of the dream that you know and understand. It's just another level of mental stress that you probably can say fuck it to. 
Um, I, you know, I think, I think it's mostly, it would be mostly irrelevant. Um, you know, especially in, in some, like, like let's say Vivek for him, well, really any of the chimsters out there, cause they're, they're all mostly Panamaic. Well, it's Talos and Vivek, they're Panamaic lines. So they're more inclined to see down. They're more inclined to see forward, not up and backwards. Um, that just goes against their, their, their cores. Um, you know, I they're, like that they're that's a good argument. Yeah. Yeah, you know they they their progress. Um, you know it's a manifest destiny. I fucking love that phrase. Um, <laughs> like you just got like the. the I, I just really just there. You like you said it. That, just that smile. <laughs> it was very oh, satisfying to say that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you don't get to say that often enough. Um, you know, but you know. <laughs> Yeah, I've seen it so episodes just makes me to say that. Yes, exactly. <laughs> We're done. But, yeah. finale. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I'm done. The same manifest destiny. He's done. Is I have no more goals. <laughs> <laughs> I live free from desire now. I've done everything. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm. Yeah. That's well, for such a damn complicated episode, this actually pretty much turned out to be open and shut. Shit. <laughs> we spent a lot more time hawing about other stuff. Um, hmm. Did you guys talk about uh, all the different pronunciations? Oh, God. Oh, we forgot to do that. We were supposed to plan ahead of time for this cast. We were supposed really to all decide how to. Yeah, oh, we're all going right. to try to decide to pronounce Chim differently, all of us, consistently, yeah. and then never bring it up. Shit. <laughs> Missed opportunity, <laughs> man. Great. Fuck. Say yeah. what you see, fight me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's for the for the record, Kirkbride tells us that it's pronounced Kim. Fuck that. Fuck that. I, I don't, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. stupid. Too many Tim Tim Charoo motherfuckers. Put me on the record. Yeah. It's Kim. Like, it's Kim. Yeah. It's it's pronounced it's, Kim. It's anything like Yeah. I still hold my Kim. Uh, Chaim, yeah. Chaim's hey, nice. Uh, that actually sounds cool. Yeah. Chaim? Yeah. I actually have a talus. You gotta be a proper Meshuggah to do the Chaim. Right? <laughs> so with talus and Chim, though, where does that happen? Because I was never 100% a sold on question. that. I figured that he yeah. would. But, like, I don't right. think that at any point that we've seen him, he hasn't. And I sort of tie that into the whole player character has Jim thing with the yeah. idea of so many player characters potentially being Shezarines and him technically potentially being the same. I said, I tend to run with it being like, Oh, it's just like part of the whole thing where Lorcan was trying to get it. One of him will get it eventually. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. sort of my, my interpretation of that. But I don't know if that's like the well, conventional wisdom or if people do. have other opinions. I, I think I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. If, if you want my opinion on that, read Under Queen. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I do want your opinion, so I'll read Under Queen. There we go. Um. Um. I, I would say. Um. You, you. I can talk. Easily talk about why. Um. Why Talos was able to achieve achieve Jim, because you know he's he's two, Shazarine souls. Combined into one in the same way that Alm Sabi is the combination of three Dunmer's souls. Um, but the fact that they are uh, um, 
Shazarines, both of them, and therefore incarnations of Lorcan, means that he's sort of, you know, harmonically attuned closer to the thing. Um, but it's kind of hard to explain. I, I can even kind of fudge it a little bit and explain why shouting was why he was able to shout Cyrodiil out of a jungle. If you go with that interpretation, although uh, for the record, uh, Elder Scrolls Online has a really good explanation of why um, uh, uh, Cyrodiil used to be a jungle and isn't anymore. It, and uh, it's actually, I'm still getting that game. Yeah, I know, right? It's it's a really there's, there's good explanation. So it's solid can... lore. It's really solid. I don't like um, it because you guys keep bringing it up, and I like yeah. want to see all this shit, but I didn't want to pay a monthly thing, and now it's like I hate all over this. Yeah, the second the second it goes free, I'm downloading, I'm re-downloading the client, and I'm getting right back in again. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't wait for console just so I can have good graphics. What? New, buy a better gear. Jeez, man, come on, dude. I got a uh, wedding. Oh, yeah, I'm literally <laughs> only on the computer, so I might have to do the same. Wedding or Our... bitching gaming console? Okay, come on. Uh, <laughs> um. Uh, but but it's kind of like I can I can even make an argument as to how shouting worked in that respect, which is that. Uh, by understanding the way the mind of Mundus works, he was able to uh, therefore understand how the body works. In other words, that he commands the mind with shouting to alter the functioning of the earth bones in such a way as to transform the face of Mundus. Um, but how, like, when did he attain Shim is a good question, or, or like, you know, uh, uh, for how long was he able? I don't know. Did he just sort of use knowledge that he had already attained, or was he up there, like you know, on a big hill, chimming his ass off and then shouting? Here's a here's a question. It's vaguely related, only so much as um, it, I might it, it might help me figure something out. Vaguely related to this um, in Vex teaching. Um, Book of the Last Hour when he goes to visit the Emperor. Which Emperor is he visiting? Because oh, um, I'm, I want to say it's Uriel seventh. Yeah. But the way I don't know, maybe I'm reading it wrong. Like with well, the it says in the waning context. era, even the waning years of the Third Era. So who was Emperor during the waning years yeah, of the Third it, Era? It, 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 exactly, in those the waning days. The 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 like it doesn't. Uh, the way he talks about about Uriel the seventh, it's almost like he's talking about Tiber. You know, there there's a sense of affection there, and he calls him a master. And you know, I, I'm I don't know. I just wanted to broach that subject because I've never I've always wanted to get a little better handle on his supposed affection for Uriel the seventh. There is the oversoul of emperors, the amulet of kings, and that whole thing. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. There's also the fact that, I mean, you can you can, you can talk your head off about uh, a, a master, uh, 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 you know, in the 36 lesson sense, and a ruling king in the 36 lesson sense, and then literally a ruling king. You know? Yeah. I mean, if, if you, by just simple qualification of being born a septum, Vivek might consider him to be a, a ruling king, which, I mean, it, by definition, that's exactly what he is. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's not a... Hmm? 
especially the shit that Uriel the seventh has seen. Yeah, that's true too. I mean, he, he was apparently shit. he may have he may have been possibly psychic. I mean, he may he was apparently had portentous dreams, which is uh, yeah. I mean, it's I mean, the only difference between that and what Vivek does is that Vivek does it while he's awake. So that's you know. also the amulet. The, it's mentioned that the oh. elder souls can't talk about uh, what happens during dragon braids for sh- for shit, but the amulet oh. can go on a, and going on and on about it. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. What? Uh, this uh, you know this has nothing to do with the Lord cast, but it, in that same passage, um, it, it looks like Uriel's asking Vivek um, a bunch of questions towards the end. What of my twinned antecedent? What, what what would you think that might be? Vivek, uh, I'm, I, I think he's talking about Tiber Septum there, isn't he? Twinned as in two souls, yeah, antecedent yeah. person who comes yeah. before. Yeah, that, that you. Oh. Antecedent. I always say antecedent. Sorry, Sorry who, who said the quote? It's it's Vivek. Yeah, proceeded. Yeah. Um, imagining what Uriel is going to ask him, I believe. Either that, or that's what Uriel is literally asking. Yeah. What of Ariel's breaking? What of my twin antecedent? I think yeah, he's talking specifically. I think he's about talking about yeah, yeah. You're right. Okay. Yeah. That what makes is the meaning of the endeavor that Artem refuses to admit. Uh, <laughs> what indeed the right said question. the thief to the master that mostly knew? <laughs> Asshole. <laughs> <laughs> what indeed? Oh, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of uh, I'm kind of done. You guys yeah. done? Yeah, timed out. So. Yeah, I got all chimmed out. I got chimmed enough everywhere. To go it's, on the, it's on the walls. It's on the walls. All over the place. Plug. Yeah. It's on the ceiling. It's in my pocket somehow. Place looks like <laughs> a Jackson Pollock painting. I have to clean it out of my keyboard. <laughs> you guys talk about how uh, time functions uh, in the metaphysics, far as when someone does it, how it affects the world. Uh, what, are we, what are you thinking of? Maybe we did, but I don't know. Maybe not. Go. It's pretty much it's rewritten, and I'm going to say the dawn, but it's kind of further than that. But oh. well, I mean, there's something that might back that up, maybe. Um, but the memory remains. What the fuck was it? Um, something, something erupts in, with the. Uh, the it is returned to the first brush of Anu Padme, where stasis and change created possibility. Is that what we're talking about? Uh, I don't <laughs> think so. Hey, internet, I don't know if you can tell, but most of us are either tired or sick right now. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if yep. you figured that out. <laughs> four four hours of sleep, guys. <laughs> and of Vanna show yesterday and got kicked in the face a lot. Oh, oh, oh <laughs> okay, okay. All right. This is what oh. I was referring to. I, I I thought it was the commentaries, <laughs> but then I questioned myself. Okay. Um it is in volume three of the commentaries, which is a very uh lore fucky book. Um <laughs> lot lot of dealing with uh the dragon break, the dawn, and the moly. Um, and Mankar says, that is your ward against the, the Namoli. They run blue through noise and shine only when the earth trembles with the eruption of the newly mantled. Um, which really, 
you know, you could say chalk, you could chalk it up to make ours crazy, but that's so fucking boring. And I love make our way too much. I mean, this, mm-hmm. this boner just won't go away from make <laughs> You know, I think it, it bears some uh, some discussion because, you know, I had brought up with the 36 lessons possibly being a device of rewriting history, um, which would probably it wouldn't be that wrong to say is easy is most easiest done during a dragon break. Um, and if Vivek achieved Chim while he was writing the lessons caused the dragon break might have rewrote history, changed the world. I think an argument can be made that that indeed happens, mm-hmm. you know, but you know, I, I don't know. I never really thought about it that much to really have a really educated opinion on it. It seems like there's something in that language that, Kind of gets you thinking in that direction, certainly. Yeah. And if if you think about the nature of Chim as seeing all of, you know, reality forwards and backwards in time, it's a lot like sort of having your own dragon break moment. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, even all right to bring that up. I during um, MK's asked me anything on Reddit. I had asked. Um, or either that or it was in Mamospore afterwards because he gave us one extra question. It was either that or the other one. But I had asked how Mankar rewrote it, his own personal history. And he cut himself, he cut his Nimic back with the razor until he reached a version Dawn. Um, you know, Dawn being the, like the Dawn era Dragon Break, which is a return to that, that timelessness. Mm-hmm. Um, and just the word choice, you know, a version Dawn makes it seem a lot more personal. And um, and it's his own mythic, not the mythic or all right or anything. It's his personal thread all the way back to the very Which, beginning of. Really? Isn't that a cooler concept that it, it's his own personal history and it doesn't necessarily have to affect anyone else's. I mean, right. it's I, the, it's the Carl Jung thing about, about going all the way back to the moment of your own conception. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's what it, yeah, I think you're right. It's the, it's the, where you go back and you basically create yourself by cutting out your father from the equation altogether. And yes. it allows you to effectively uh, regenerate yourself from the very beginning, the moment of your, of the conception of your life, forward then becomes entirely your own decision and not affect, and it's not affected in any way by genetics or the will of your father or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty good. Which also goes, yeah. if you think about it also might have something to do with the fact that you never hear about Vivek's dad in 36 lessons. It yes. might not be a really complicated issue of, you know, psychosis and, you know, he hated his dad and all that, all that kind of stuff. It might just be that it, that Vivek's father became irrelevant at that point. And or conversely, his dad being a dick, you know, or whatever, whatever reason that Vivek wanted to write him out, that could have been more motivation to do it in the first place. Mm, You know, I I, I think it it could be either or, you know, depending on what what you would like to believe. I was actually a little bit surprised when I was trying to figure out who the children were, that none of them were of, clean analog to Vivek's father seemed like something 
you know, I don't know if I had been writing the 36 lessons, I don't know if I would have left that out, but I don't know if it's supposed to be there. Does that make sense? Like, mm-hmm. well, I think like that's kind of the point that myth- mythically it doesn't, it may not actually be intended to be there. I, I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. Yeah. I have four hours of sleep. I mean, I think he wrote him out for a reason and like he's out, he's out, you know, um, right. You know, it, there's no point in even mentioning it, you know, if he chooses not, you know, if he made it so he doesn't exist, you know, at least in his own world. Um, yeah. All right. All right. Uh, I get the, I, I sort of get the feeling we're padding. Um, yeah, a little bit. Uh, we're, we're going to try and do uh, another cast next week. Um, we're going to try and do Dag Author if I can get some special guests or guests or mo- more than one. Um, but we may not get to that. But definitely on by the weekend of the 14th, we will have uh, our Coda cast thrown together. Um, so hopefully we'll be able to explain that weighty tome uh, a little bit better than we have. Or, or at the very least, we'll just compile everybody else's notes and present them in one easy-to-listen-to format. Um, or mine's we'll further. Or, yeah, or just or just <laughs> make it worse. We just might make it worse. Okay. All right. Okay. Bye. 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 Bye.